hello, and welcome to Nintendo World Reports Connectivity, episode 47. I'm Mike Sklenz. In our first segment, uh, we're going old school, and we're going to do a little bit of what you've been playing with myself, Scott, Neil, and Zach. Uh, and then after that, we're going to play our second ever round of Who Wants to Be a Nintendo Air with the same cast. Uh, stick around after the break, and there's a little bonus segment on iOS games. Enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to another segment of Connectivity. I'm your host, Neil Ronahan, and with me is Scott Thompson, Mike Splins. Hi. And Zach Miller. No time for uh, hellos today. Yes, you don't have time. We're, we're on a tight schedule here, and by tight schedule, I mean we'll probably be done like a half an hour, maybe, maybe less, maybe a little more, who knows. And uh, we're just going to talk about what we've been playing lately. Uh, you know, kind of take a respite from all this planning and all these structured things like game shows, stuff about individual games, and just talk about a mess of games at some sort of random interval. Um, so to start, let's uh, kick things off with Scott. Oh, you tricked me. <laughs> I did. You son of a bitch. Well, um, <laughs> since the last time we've done this, I've only really been playing um, one new game, and that is Lego Batman 2. Which I am currently playing on the PS3, Whoa. and I I kind of love this game, you guys. Okay, have have you played other Lego games? I have, yes. Like uh, what ones? Just out, out of curiosity. I've played Lego Harry Potter, and I've played which is pretty w- good. One of the Star Wars games. The Star Wars games all kind of blur together to me. I mean, it's exactly. kind of like maybe I it's played the, the classic trilogy, trilogy one. I played is... the original trilogy one. I yeah, think. the classic trilogy one is. Well, I mean, why, I don't understand why anyone would play. The, the prequels one is as much as you may or may not like the Lego games. It'd be like, I don't know, like playing Lego star Wars, the prequels, like you may as well be playing Lego Schindler's list. As far as I'm concerned, like why would you want to play it? Same thing. <laughs> Lego Fair Schindler's point. list coming next fall. They're all, they're all black and white minifigures um, and one has a red no, dress. I mean, yeah, part, of one. The, part of the reason why I ask is that, I mean, as far as Lego games, I played a star Wars one and I played Lego Batman, which and, and then I played both of the Harry Potter ones, but yeah. I did not really enjoy Lego Batman. It was even though I probably love Batman more than any other Lego subject thus far. Lego sure. Batman was kind of shitty. Well, <laughs> see, I never, I never played the original Lego Batman. But what I can say about Lego Batman too, that the things that set it apart. I mean, playing the game, it's very much a, a Lego game. But the things that set it apart are definitely the production values. Um, first of all, it's a whole, a whole original story. Um, unlike most of these games that are based off movies, you don't yeah. know what's going on. Well, well, that was part of my issue with Lego Batman, is that the other ones kind of, you know, like, they, they went on touchstones that you remember from the movies, whereas Lego Batman was just a bunch of mute people, like, and, like, Robin mimicked licking a popsicle because they were at Mr. Freeze's area and stuff like that. <laughs> well, which see, is really dumb and hokey. That's what's great about this one, is it's completely voice acted, which who is, it's the, the first... Who does it, the voices? Is it, like, the Batman animated series guys, or is it others? No, it's no. Not. Oh, no, it's not. But it, everyone's like a close approximation. Um, <laughs> so it, it definitely follows the other yeah, the animated films. I mean, there's no like Batman voice from you know, like Dark Knight or something. Um, but it, it's very it's, close to. It's got the Justice League in it, right? That's the big it, new thing. It, it does, yeah. And the biggest thing about it is the game is just like hilarious. I heard I mean, you can really, ride a gorilla. I don't know if you can ride. You a gorilla. You can do I, that I, in Batman: Brave and the Bold. <laughs> well, I have maybe you gotta... But you can ride a Lego gorilla, Neil. Okay, as opposed to a a beautifully animated one. Yeah, you're missing the point, Neil. Um, Well, I haven't ridden any gorillas, but like I said, the game is just hilarious. Like, it it breaks the fourth wall a lot and just kind of pokes fun at the whole uh, just Batman universe. Like, um, 
each time you start a story mission, there's this brief cinematic that shows a, a Gotham reporter talking on the news, like the 10 o'clock news, and she's pretty funny. Um, at one point, she says, you know, that the uh, all the arch-villains have broken out of Arkham Asylum. And, you know, she says, you know, why did we think it was a good idea to put all of them together in one place? And then she <laughs> says, you know, but at least we didn't, um, you know, let them out into a section of the city, like quarantine them in a section of the city. That would be a terrible <laughs> idea, you know, just, which is so good. I mean, it's completely poking fun at Arkham City, and I'm sure that's probably based on the storyline from some comic at some point that conceit in arkham city is like maybe the biggest conceit you have to like take yeah. to like I, you have if you don't accept it the whole game is like like it's just such a hard thing to accept why the fuck would you just let all the why would you let hugo strange just quarantine off an entire section of the city <laughs> and put like every bad person ever in there right well, like why game, would you do you know that? why no i did play the game and it, i still don't understand how he could, could i don't know anyway it's dumb. Yeah. Scott, but yeah, so they go what what Zach? Is there any point in this Batman 2 game where Batman says, "You don't want to hurt the boy, Harvey?" <laughs> no, I don't believe so. Well, but um it, but he doesn't want to hurt the boy. <laughs> but it's just uh it's that. like r- real funny and it's it's a lot of slapstick stuff. So you have like um your main three characters are Batman, Superman, and Robin. Now, Robin is like swoons over Batman, or um, I'm sorry, Robin swoons over Superman. Like, yes, he, he, just, does. he just he loves Superman. Like everything he does, like he just he <laughs> he loves Superman. Like when Superman this like took swoops a dark in turn. and uh, <laughs> and like and like rescues them or saves them, the fact that he can fly and he just is always there when he needs to be there. Like Robin can't get enough of it. Meanwhile, Batman is just this sort of like jaded, kind of jealous guy, and like he just doesn't want anything <laughs> to do with Superman. Like he just gets so upset anytime Superman shows up, and he keeps like telling Robin, like you know that like Superman's not all that great and stuff. Meanwhile, Superman's just completely oblivious. Like he's just doing his superhero <laughs> thing. He's always like got his arms at his side, like sticking his chest out, and like they always play the Superman theme from the Superman movies, and he's just like <laughs> he's so he's so excited to be there, and Batman just wants nothing to do with them. This sounds um, pretty good. At one point, funny. at at one point, they're in Lex Luthor's um headquarters and they're on an elevator, and so this is a cutscene. And um, Superman's listening to the elevator music, and he goes, "Doesn't this sound familiar?" And Batman says, "I don't like music." And then a, a janitor comes on. He's like, "Do you guys know the score of the game?" And Batman's like, "I don't like sports." <laughs> and, then, and then Superman just like perks his ears up, and he's like, seven to three, St. Louis." And it's just like the how they portray Batman. Like, he's just like dark and brooding, and just hates everything. It's just it's so it's so well done, and Superman's just so completely oblivious to it. Nice. Um, that's funny. I kind of yeah. want to play this now just for that. It, yeah, yeah. Like actually, it sounds worthwhile. It's so great, and like like I said, playing the game. I mean, it's it's a Lego game. You punch everything. The Lego bits explode out of it. You know, you collect things. You every level you save a citizen, and and you, know, you don't lose. A, yeah, you can't lose. I mean, you know, you just die and reappear. You just lose some of your your Lego bits and stuff. So your I mean, studs. It, yeah, your studs. Thank you. So playing the game is very much similar to any Lego game. There's a lot of like puzzle solving. Um, you know, like Batman switches between a lot of his suits. They grant him different powers, like the ability to like shoot bombs that can blow up silver Lego blocks, or like uh, the sensor suit, which allows him to use like X-ray vision um, to like to look like, at cha- Wonder Woman. Yeah, exactly. To like change gears inside like like panels and stuff like that. And I mean, it's all it's all pretty standard stuff, but like it's just the production values are just like amazing. I mean, it's just awesome. it's just so fun to play, and yeah, I'm uh, really enjoying mm-hmm. it. And so the uh, like the story, the Joker and Lex Luthor team up. To um, try to have Lex Luthor win the the presidential campaign, so he can become president of the United <laughs> States, um, and so the Joker's helping him. And what they do is they steal Batman's supply of kryptonite to use it against Superman, so he can't Ooh. intervene. Um, yeah, Batman has like this huge supply of kryptonite, and Robin like you know asks him why he has it, 
And, um, you know, he says, just in case Superman ever becomes a bad guy. And Robin's like, you have trust issues. And, like, just all this kind of stuff. And it's I just, think that's from a real comic funny. book. Yeah, I believe, well, I believe Tower, Tower of Babel. Yeah. Um, and so is Lex Luthor one, running for president. Yeah, it borrows from a lot of, like, different, yeah, like, comic events uh, throughout DC's history. But it's just, like, so spun together, like, just incredibly well. And the slapstick humor is just great. At one point, like, Lex Luthor and Batman, or uh, Lex Luthor and Joker blow up all of Batman's, like, gadgets, like his Batmobile and the Batbike and the Batplane and all this different stuff. And uh, Robin, he's trying to rebuild the uh, the Batboat, and he also gives it the ability to fly. And he's like, I present to you the flying Batboat. And he starts to take off, and then it just instantly starts smoking, and he just, like, crashes into the lake. Yeah. And, like, Superman's like, do you want me to help you? And he's just like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so it's just so well done. I mean, it's just been a lot of fun to play. Um, Tab and I are playing it together co-op, and I'm, like, thoroughly impressed uh, by awesome. it. The, the hub world is all of Gotham City. You can go all over the place. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, so how far deep into like the character roster does it go? Is it just like you know? I mean, I guess Batman, Robin, and Superman are the main ones for the story. Does it ever diverge? Well, we just got to the point where the rest of the um, Justice League has been called. So now there's like Wonder Woman and Cyborg and Green Lantern and all Aquaman? those guys. Aquaman. Aquaman. Uh, not that I've seen. No, I think the... Cyborg replaced Aquaman at the end of the comics. I don't know. No, wait. Aquaman's still a member in the New okay. Fifty Two. He's still there. Not well, right. he, he hasn't been in the game yet, but Good. yeah, you kind of, you so far we've opened up a lot of characters, and then if you just explore Gotham City, like, you can find hidden characters and stuff like that. And That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's really well done. I'm telling you, like, if you've kind of got superhero, like, fever right now after uh, Dark Knight Rises and all that kind of stuff, I really think you should consider this game. Um, it's just, it's been a lot of fun. I don't think I'm going to pay full price for it, but now I'm definitely going to have to keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not even like a $60 game. I got the PS3 version for 50. Not that that's much cheaper, but yeah. Yeah, if you see it on sale anywhere or if there's any It'll deals, hit 20 bucks eventually. Like it oh, won't yeah. take long. Yeah. Yeah, def- definitely don't sit on this game though. Like it's don't ignore it just cuz it's another Lego game because it's, well, it's I, really well I, done. I will because it's $50, but that <laughs> well, doesn't mean yeah. I'm ignoring it totally. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for a sale. There you go. I I I really like it though. I've been pleasantly surprised. Awesome. So uh, I guess I will go next, and I will probably lightly touch on some games and spend longer on others. Uh, the first game that I'm going to talk about is Deus Ex Human Revolution, which I'm basically playing at Scott's behest. Yay! And I'm not too far in it, but I was very worried when I first started it, because it just seemed like it was just going to be like maybe a shooter with some RPG elements, and that seemed dumb. <laughs> but then like within the first 20 minutes, your guy basically like gets murdered. And then you get reborn as like a cyborg with all I mean, these it, these cybernetic it, enhancements, and it just right. becomes a completely different game. I mean, it's basically RoboCop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like you're this very like kind of like sullen, stone cold kind of guy, and uh, I feel like some people would complain about the voice acting, but I actually kind of like the voice of the guy because he does sound very detached from everything. That he's like in the middle of this big conspiracy bullshit that's going on. And it's a lot more emphasizing stealth and, like, you know, kind of, like, upgrading different aspects of you, including, like, you know, hacking, like, your ability to talk to people, um, in addition to, like, you know, punching walls and shit. <laughs> but uh, it's a cool game. I'm very early in it, probably about an hour, not even, um, maybe a little more. I basically, like, completed a mission and got to the open world part of it, and I've been exploring there. Uh, it, it seems really good. Thanks for the recommendation, Scott. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm excited for you to get further because, like, choices really begin to open up, especially, like, with what you can do to your character, like, you know, what you decide to be proficient in versus, like, yeah. combat and stealth and what have you. Well, I've, I uh, keep hearing that 
you need to have some gun skills to get past bosses. Yeah. It depends. I actually, I literally had none, and I got past all the bosses. It's oh. just a little, a little trickier, but that's that's the only downfall of this game are the bosses. Yeah. But you'll see when you get there. <laughs> um, the other two games that I'm going to focus on, uh, I did play. Well, I did play the Madden 360 Vita demo, but I don't think any of you guys give a crap about any of those games, correct? Nope. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Um, the 360 game looks very good. The Vita game looks like a like a janky version of last year's game because that's apparently what it is. Nice. Um, but I have been playing two Xbox Live Arcade games that have come out in the past month or two. Uh, the first one that I've been playing a lot of is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD, which was a the first summer of arcade game and what some people are calling the worst summer of arcade ever. Uh, <laughs> and, and for me as a longtime Tony Hawk fan, I'm, I'm really digging Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD, but it's just there is a part of it that's like it's meant to be so dated and it feels so dated, and it also doesn't help that uh, Robomoto, the guys who developed it, are using the Unreal Engine. So it's kind of like, like the original Tony Hawk kind of had this almost artistic style to it, even though I mean it was it was a, it was a shitty N64 PlayStation <coughs> game. It looks terrible now, but it did have this kind of like, you know, like a little bit of a, a cartoony edge to it. Whereas this, right. it's, it's Unreal Engine. And it also doesn't help that there's like the small there's there's a lot of small things that bother me as someone who plays a lot of Tony Hawk games. And that in this one, like when you fall, it doesn't just like have like your guy kind of get back up on the board. It's like like the screen goes to black and it yeah. comes back in, and you're you're back on the board. And I just yeah. it really bothers me. And there's a lot of wonky physics. Like there will be sometimes where you will respawn like that, and you'll basically just go into an infinite loop. Unless like yeah, like I, I found that like sometimes I need to like do a trick immediately, or else then I will just continue to fall on this this quarter pipe that the game wants to put me on, even though I can't do it. Um, yeah, I, I got the demo for this and was immediately turned off because you can't, I mean, you can't even get through one round. Uh, it turns itself off. The demo turns off when there's like 20 seconds left on the clock. So you're just pissed off because the demo is not a full run. Well, I mean, that pisses me off. But also for the reasons you're saying, I mean, the whole game feels a little bit looser than a real Tony Hawk game. Um, and it's tougher to pull off a string of tricks like if i pop in tony hawk's pro skater 3 on the gamecube right now are I you can, popping I in a character like with full stats huh are you popping in a character with full stats well no but i'm, I'm just saying like well i mean i'm just saying that transferring that, 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 from trick to trick is not nearly as smooth yeah and that i see that me. i mean there is that degree of it and that it i is, have noticed it is as kind i've of an ugly game given what it is yeah, as I've progressed through the game, like once you kind of like pump stats into your characters, yeah. some of that trick stuff gets a lot easier. I, I guess like in the original game, it seemed like stats didn't, or at least in Tony Hawk Three, which is my jam, uh, the stats don't seem to, I guess, factor in as much as it does in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD. Like I'm still enjoying it. I've still put a hell of a lot of time into it, but it's more frustrating than fun in some spots. And I mean, like, I can't wait for the Tony Hawk 3 DLC because I love Tony Hawk 3 so much. Yes. To the point that I would consider it one of my favorite GameCube games. Um, I would, too. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I really am enjoying the game despite its issues. If it goes on sale someday, I might pick it up, but I'm not ready to pay $15 for it. Yeah. Um, and the other game that I've been playing is Spelunky HD for Xbox Live as well. And I played a lot of the multiplayer uh, last weekend. I had, a, I had a friend over and then two, or a friend from far away over and two of my other friends came over. 
and we played the four-player. And uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Spelunky at all, it's it was originally a PC game, and basically what it is is that like it's a randomly generated exploratory platformer, I guess. Um, in which basically you're controlling an Indiana Jones-like character who's going through mines and then later other areas, and you have to work your way through dodging traps, collecting treasure, and like kind of powering yourself up. Um, it's it's freaking awesome. You can go play it for free on PC if you are curious at all. And it's it's one of the few randomly generated games that I've played that actually kind of works because it's something that lays out different rules to how the environment works. And, like, you see that, if you walk in front of it, then it's going to shoot an arrow at you. Or, like, oh, look, there's a spider, you know, there's a snake, you know, don't fall down from great depths. Like, it does a good job of kind of informing you of, look out for these things, be wary of that, this is what happens when you do that. So that way, when you're faced with these randomly generated dungeons, which, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not super, super big, but they do kind of give you that tendency of, like, oh, I wonder what's over there. Is, is it worth it? I don't know. I'll have to go try. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a very brutal game because basically you have to play through it on one life when you're playing it in single player, Ooh. or else then you have to restart. And you can build up shortcuts to go to the later the later worlds that you can go to. But what I was playing is the co-op, where basically you do that but with four people, and it gets insane because you can hurt each other. And it it's like uh, when you die, you turn into a ghost, and you can basically go around and grief the other people. <laughs> um, and then like uh, it's the kind of thing where like. You know, uh, each 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 area has four levels in it, and basically, like, if you die in level one, then your coffin will appear in level two. But if two people die, then it goes to level two and three. There's only one coffin. One, only one person can get revived per level. Huh. But, but they do have the stuff where, like, if you piss off the shopkeeper in these games, then he will chase after you with a shotgun and try to kill you. <laughs> and what you can do is if, like, the person, you know, like a rube, when there's a ghost there, if they linger too long near the shopkeeper... You can basically like blow at items to kick, get them out of the shop, and if they get out of the shop, then the shopkeeper will go crazy and call you a terrorist and murder everyone. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's such a fun game, and like we weren't really progressing, but we were having a blast. And you can also you know pick up rocks and throw them at other people and potentially kill them. Uh, whenever you start, you all start kind of on the same block, and you have a whip. So it's kind of like a fight to see who can get, uh, you know, who can whip the other people off quick enough. We actually had one time where we all whipped each other, so we're still, like, moving in the same block, and we just all landed on spikes and died. Um, and then the, the other thing that this game has is a deathmatch mode that's super, super frantic, almost feels like Smash Brothers-esque in how crazy and random it is at time. Um, I've heard people kind of say it's like Bomberman too, because basically you have bombs, you have rope, and there's different other items like a giant fucking gun or a boomerang or a shotgun or a jetpack, and like basically the levels are engineered like they're single screen levels and they're engineered to fuck with you. Some of them have giant spiders that will fall down on you. Some of them are littered with spikes, and it's just a <laughs> great, great fun multiplayer game. I haven't even really delved too much into the single player, but I I've had so much fun with the multiplayer. Huh. And that's it for me. How about Mike? You go next. All right. Well, I got uh, three games that I want to talk about briefly. I've been playing a ton of You Don't Know Jack um, ah, on so various good. platforms. So I've good. Playing, I've been playing it on Facebook. I played it once uh, on Facebook. It's so good on Facebook. I mean, it's really short. Like Each episode is five questions long, yeah, including the Jack attack. So it wow. takes like maybe it takes less than 10 minutes to do one episode of it. And they write, I think, like three new episodes a week. Wow. 
That's and they all, awesome. there's a big back catalog of episodes too. But since they write three episodes a week, they can keep them really current. So there've been a lot of like, you know, Olympic kind of questions lately, <laughs> or like something will happen in the news, and they can immediately ask questions about it. So it's really, it's it's really a, a ripe scenario for that kind of trivia game. And what it does is it just records your score, and if your friends have already played that day, it shows their score. Like it shows exactly when they buzzed in, and it shows what you know whether what they got right and wrong. So it feels like you're competing against them live, even though you're not. Huh. And if, if 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 you don't have enough friends playing the game, or if you happen to be the first one or something, it just fills in the blanks with like other random Facebook players, just so you've got someone to compete against. Is Cookie hmm. still the host? Yes, that Not is the most the important part. Cookie is still the host. Anyway, so I was playing this game on Facebook, and I was really enjoying it in the beta a couple months ago. And then I was like, didn't this come out on Xbox like a year ago? I never bought it. Yeah. So I bought it on Xbox on Amazon, um, and it because it was like fifteen dollars or something. So I was like, yeah, I'm buying that immediately. And then also on Amazon. For like five dollars, I got a copy of the Seen It game for Xbox that oh. comes with those four Game Show Buzzer controllers. <laughs> and you can use those. They work, for... with, they work with you don't know Jack. Yeah. So it's oh, it's wow. really awesome to have friends I might come have over and we can just play trivia with you know and all these crazy you don't know Jack questions. Um, I love that the Xbox version has that wrong answer of the game. So yeah, every yeah. for one every game every round of trivia has one wrong answer that is linked to that episode's sponsor, which right, will be something yeah. like ridiculously stupid. Like, um, you know, and you have to like pick a it. chicken or something. Yeah, like well, that. no, the chicken is like the ma- is like the wrong answer mascot. Uh, okay. but it's, it's always a different company. Like there was one that was like cluck bigucks something or other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's always something some weird thing like uh, like human taxidermy or something yep. like really weird like that. And if you find the the question or the answer that relates to that, even though it's a wrong answer, you get like a shitload of points. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We, me, only, and my, yeah. me and my friends play the PS3 version all the time. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's ironic. Uh, I, I I play the Wii version. I got it on a on a Target and dial for seven bucks last yeah. year. Oh, worth it's it. So good. Yeah, I have yeah. I have the I have the Wii version too. And it if is I had awesome. four Wii controllers, I would have just bought the Wii version. Yeah, that's that's why I was think, I was jealous of you with the Cena controllers. And I realized, babe, nice. I already have that. <laughs> Though the screws, the screws don't work very well with the scenic controllers. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. But when you hit the screw, the big button on the top of the controller is also a D-pad. But it's and it's hard to get the thing to buzz in right. I don't know because it, it's kind of a little wobbly. So it makes yeah. it makes picking the person to the left or the right very difficult because sometimes if you press it like just a hair too much, it'll go two spaces to the left or to the right. Oh. So it makes it a little tricky, but it's it's still fun to play. Uh, we actually don't even use the screws that much because most of us tend to be pretty quick and know all the answers anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've screwed, a lot I of accidentally screwed myself one time and it just took away the points. <laughs> 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 I also love if you don't, like you can put everyone's name in and it'll keep lifetime stats for all the players. But if you don't, you can just pick I don't care for a name and it makes up some yep. fucking retarded name for you. Yep. Yeah. It's a really funny game. It's, it's yeah, really well it's, done. It's really it's it's about the best you could ever do a trivia game. They haven't really touched the formula almost at all since like the late nineties, but yeah. it hasn't really needed it. No. The only no, thing no, that's no. a bummer is that the Xbox version doesn't have gibberish questions since there's no keyboard. <laughs> but the Facebook version does, so I like the uh the intros to the questions are always the best part of that game. Yep, yep. Yeah, and there's that one category of question where he just where he like cookie like recalls a dream that he had and it's always a plot <laughs> of a movie except the actors yeah. have been subbed out with his cats mayonnaise and poopsie yeah. <laughs> it's a, anyway great game you game. don't know jack play it on facebook you guys should all play it on facebook so we can compete against i, I probably other. will play it more now than i play it every day on my lunch it. break it's the first thing i do on my lunch break every day wow. it's the best thing ever <laughs> um another game i've been playing a lot of is um theater rhythm final fantasy which i picked up because of the 
glowing remarks on this very podcast with two uh, of the three people that are on this very show. Yeah, uh, yes. I, I absolutely love it. I was it's looking so at good. my uh, I've got about I'm just a hair over forty thousand rhythmia. So oh wow, you you are a lot farther than I am. So I've been playing it a lot. I looked at my activity log. Um, I'm pulling it back up right now. It's a uh, I think it's the number three game I've played on my on my on my 3ds. Wow. Let's see. No, it's number four. Um, number one is Picross 3D, which is just shy of nice. 40 hours. <laughs> how, uh, how many hours have you put in Theater Rhythm? Uh, 21. Okay, I'm actually, I think I'm at like 17. I think I might be close to 3,000 Rhythmia. I played 30, it like... 30,000? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what the number is. For like the first two, to, for like the first about three weeks I had it, I played it almost every day for about an hour. So that's 21 yeah. right there. And yeah, the average playtime is 43 minutes per session. Yeah. In 29 sessions. I got so, to a point with that game where I had to put it down because I didn't want to play anything else. And I, yeah, I actually, on, on my plane ride back from Alaska, I played a lot of it. And I'm it was nowhere. Just something, it's like, so there's good. so much shit I still have to there's unlock. There's so many been, characters! I, and I've been trying to, like, max them out and, you know, like, load them up uh, and you'll yep. find, like, good party themes. And I've been going through all the dark notes. I've, I've completed, like, a crap ton of dark notes. I've aced... I, haven't, I don't have S's on every song, but I have passed every song on every difficulty level in challenge mode. Feels like maybe like, I should get this game. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is a kind of game where it's just there's so many options of what you can do because you can just kind of go sit back and play individual songs. You can play the the three song packs for each game. You can go check out the downloadable content. You can play Dark Notes. Yeah, I haven't even touched where the, the downloadable is. content yet. And it just there's like I go to that game and it's just like I have three options of what direction I could go with the time that I'm playing in. Yeah, and I really mode, love that series mode. I I played through it. And I beat everything on every difficulty level, and I'm never going to touch series mode again. Yeah, well, I, I haven't gone back to... I, I guess I only did the base difficulty level, because then you have to go to challenge to beat those to then unlock the series. Yeah, mode so I went back difficulty. and I did all of them. So I've wow. completely cleared out series and challenge mode. And right now I'm just doing dark notes, and yeah. dark notes, and dark notes, and dark notes. Oh. Uh, and Yeah, they're really great. And the only bummer with the dark notes is that there's only, like, I think 10 I think songs. There's only 20 songs, and they're yeah. randomly assigned, so... so there's some stuff that there's. It's weird because there's some stuff that's only in the dark notes, and there's some stuff that's not in the dark notes. And I just wish it would pull from all of the songs available in the game, or at yep. least all of the FMS and BMSs. I, yeah. The event stages are not very good. They're all you know far too funny? easy. Some so. of the event stages are in dark notes. Yeah, the one from Final Fantasy 13 shows yeah. up as a battle song instead. And I think there's a Final Fantasy 12 song that might be in it too. That's a field song. Maybe. I don't. And know. I also think I'm it's odd sure that that. Square is so ashamed of Final Fantasy XIV that despite the fact that it was released, there is no mention of it in this game yep. at all. Even though this <laughs> game true. is supposed to be a complete chronicle of Final Fantasy yep. up until this point. It just stops at thirteen. There's not a not a peep of it. Just, no, pay, no, it's not really out yet. That was a lie. That's <laughs> yep. a fake version of the game. <laughs> they wish but, they could they wish they could get everyone to yeah, believe that. Yeah, I mean, really, Theater Rhythm completely surprised me. It's one of my favorite games of the yeah, year. You know it's a it game that I will continue to go back to. It scratches that itch of just like one, it's a music game, which I love. And yeah. then it's that fucking leveling up and the characters oh, like, Am so I gonna good. beat the boss of this stage? And oh no, I missed that one note. I hope that means I'm not gonna lose the, I'm not gonna beat the boss now or Yeah. Yeah, oh, dude, fuck Kingdom Hearts. I'm just gonna go back and play that. It's intense. I love it. <laughs> it it's and it's it's really good. I almost wish I'd got pre-ordered it so I could have gotten that fancy stylus. It's nice. Oh, I love that stylus. I play I all my good. 3DS games with that stylus. <laughs> I still use the stylus I got from the first year that the DS was shown at E3, like 2002 or 2003 or something. And it it's a little twist-up stylus. And it, um, the, I remember the, the watch batteries on it are long gone, but if you hit a button on it, the back of it would like glow blue. Yeah. 
Huh. I, yeah, I, if every, I, I misplaced it in my move, but I know it's around here somewhere. It's just, it's the right weight and it's the right length. It just feels really good to, to use it um, with basically any of these DS systems. So that's the, uh, the and then the third game that I've been playing is um, is Hero Academy on iOS, which I, I'm pretty sure is discussed at length in another episode this segment. So I won't go into, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's Zach's not paying attention music. I won't go into great detail uh, on Hero Academy, but I do believe that their segment was recorded before the Team Fortress 2 team became available. So I guess I'll just speak to that. You can now play with a, a team based on the Team Fortress 2 characters in Hero Academy because the game is now on Steam. I actually had to buy a copy of the game and give it to my friend on Steam because the the, the uh, Steam version only works on PCs, and the only way to unlock the Team Fortress 2 team is to play it on a PC. So he logged into my Hero Academy account with the copy of the game that I bought him, and then like just logged out of it just so I could unlock the Team Fortress 2 team on my on my phone. And it was so worth it because they are awesome. They they've got they totally mix up the strategy from the other teams because you get a ton more heroes. You get like eighteen heroes, two of each of the nine different Team Fortress Two characters, and they all do these really unique like things. And the team just plays completely different from any of any of the other teams. So for the past like two days, I've been playing like I feel like almost an hour a day of Hero Academy, just like <laughs> logging games with all these other guys on NeoGaf and a couple other of my Facebook friends and and Andy and uh, and Grant, uh, just playing it constantly and. Just, Oh, I have one more move to make. Oh, I have one more move to make. It's so good at that carrot and stick gameplay. Well, that's nice. Oh, I hate yeah. that. So that's all I'll say about Hero Academy. All right, because, uh, like so, I said, I'm so, sure it's discussed at length in the other segment. So, Zach, I understand you uh, took advantage of a sale at the Best Buy. Hell yeah, I did. I ran over to Best Buy. Um, uh, uh, although I got to tell you, the, I don't know about you guys, but the Best Buy in my town didn't have a central sale shelf. They were just, I was like, Hey, aren't you guys selling street fighter four 3d for like 10 bucks? She was like, I don't know. Let me go look at the ad. And she looked and she was like, Oh oh yeah, well it's around here somewhere. Like speaking of this sale real quick, just because when this episode comes out, there should still be a day left in this sale. Yeah. Um, I, I almost bought Pikmin two for like $18 or whatever it was on sale at. But I ended up buying Adventure Times first season instead because I had a twenty dollars gift card. That's a good choice. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I also saw the America's Test Kitchen quote unquote for game for DS for two dollars, and I almost bought it. I almost <laughs> I bought, bought it. But I bought Let's Tap for a buck ninety nine. I got Skate Three for ten dollars. Man, I, think I, I might, I might order, out. I might wow. order that America's Test Kitchen just from the internet, just just to see it. I like Dude, it enough to pay two dollars. It's, it's a pretty good game. In all honesty, if you well, like cooking, it's a, it's a very good application for your DS. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got I got that, and I got um, I got uh, Theater Rhythm Heaven, which I haven't played. No, no, yet, no, 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 just just Rhythm Heaven. No, it's V so at Rhythm Heaven. heaven. Yeah, I, I the at Rhythm Heaven. Talking to my head. I'm I'm excited to play that though because I hear nothing good things about it. Yeah, and Rhythm got, Heaven was really good. Yeah, and then I got Street Fighter Four 3D. Uh, because as Neil knows, I can't not buy fighting games. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're like, I never played this before, but like, <laughs> I think what we broke open your copy of Street Fighter 4, and you're like, I played Basically. this for five minutes one time, and you went out and bought another fucking copy of Street Fighter 4. You know what the funny part is? I like this one better. <laughs> uh, because, uh, I think because it's portable. Yeah. Uh, what's really amazing to me, though, is that it looks exactly like the PS3 game. It's a sweet ass looking game. It is, especially on the 3DS XL, which, by the way, you should all buy. I will. Uh, 
Um, but no. By the way, a, Zach, I'm a, not. I'm not calling the old one the taco. You're don't calling the old one that. the taco. I don't know. It's going to catch what on. It's called it's, now. It's not going to be a thing, Zach. I don't understand. Why is that a taco? Because it's a. It's a three. It's got the shell in the in the outside, and then that thin layer on the inside. So what? A taco. <laughs> The it's new still, one is still, just as taco as the old one. No, the new doesn't one doesn't have layers. It's just, it looks like a DSi. Tacos don't have layers? Yes, they do. You know what? Screw all of you. Maybe a double-decker Onions taco. Onions have layers. the double-decker taco. How about that? <laughs> Parfaits have layers. Double-decker, I like that. Baklava yes. has layers. Also has layers. The 3DS it, baklava. Layer cake Inception has layers. Has layers. Inception it does. has layers. It does. It does. You're right. You it are does. correct. Uh, so anyway, uh, I've been I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter 4 3D on my XL. And, I'd play um, it with you online, but I got rid of that shit like a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame you. Um, uh, you know, I, I discovered something about the XL. I was at the hospital yesterday doing an experimental medication, um, and it took a long time. It's just an inhaled med, but I had to sit. It took like an hour and twenty minutes, so I brought along Picross 3D, and the bottom screen of the 3DS XL gets a little, I don't know what you'd call it, not dusty, uh, not, I don't know what you call it, but after a long amount of messing around with that stylus on that bottom screen, it gets dirty. Gunky so I, Gunky, I, I had to uh, wipe it off, and I spent, you know, about a minute wiping it all off. Wow. It was really weird because it's not like the stylus was dirty. I can't really explain what caused it because I don't know. Well, you know, I I keep one of those. I'm sure you guys have seen these these little like static cling like electronic yeah. screen cleaner things. I keep one of those on the back of my 3ds, and I just every time I open oh, it up, I, I just wipe too. it down. That's a good idea. Um, I actually have one that I got at E3 in like I think 2000, whatever the year that uh, Wind Waker was shown. They had ones that had little cartoon like tune links on them, and I've oh, got that's one. cool. Yeah, huh. because that would have been 2002. One okay, two, yeah, that was yeah. my first E3. It must have been 2002 then. Um, and then, uh, this isn't on the list, but real quick, I want to say that I got, I took advantage of that uh, eShop sale and got Mario Land 2 just because I have Mario Land 1 and 3. <laughs> and then you beat it in like 20 minutes? I beat it in like 20 minutes. Dude, that game yeah. is so frigging easy. And I remember. It I was, gives I, you 99 lives right out of the gate. I love that game <laughs> so much. When I, or I played it so much when I was a kid, and I was so excited when it came out on the virtual console. I think it was like hanging out with a friend. We were like, you know, watching TV or watching a movie or something. And I downloaded it, and by the end of the movie, I beat it. You're yeah. talking about six golden <laughs> coins? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That Dude, is, that game is I mean, friggin' easy. You know, th- nowadays, they make you work for your 99 lives, and you don't get them until, like, the second or third level, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I was very disappointed by how short it was, and you know what? The music is shitty. I like the music, but I also am highly nostalgic for that game. Okay. Well, I will now avoid this game as well as Super Mario Land 1, because both have been explained to me as insanely short. Well, it is, but Super Mario Land 1 is actually good. Um, yeah, but, but Super-, Super Mario Land 2 is... Just as good as Super Mario Land One. I mean, I think, I think one is a little nuttier. I mean, they're they're both kind of zany. You do yeah. go in Super Mario Land Two. There is a world where it is just like a, a toy Mario that That's you're. That's true, going and, and then you go inside of a whale at one point, and there are like yeah. cow fishes. There's a, there's a moon level that's really fun. Yeah, the moon level is cool. Um, but Mike, you should avoid Wario Land because man, that doesn't hold up at all. 
I think, Zach, you and I might be... Well, I we posted the virtual console recommendations in which I gave Wario Land a recommended, recommended for fans. For fans. Um, because really, I was, I was super excited for Wario Land, and it just was... I don't want to play it anymore. It's just so yeah. slow and plotting. And, like, looking for the treasure is fun, but that's basically the only thing I was really having fun with. Yeah. Uh, so that's depressing eShop news for me. I hope we get some <laughs> virtual console games in a few days. We're supposed to be getting Goemon soon, which I'm excited I for. I don't that, know if they, yeah. I don't know if the game's any good. Or, or oh, it's over, dude. No, it was just July. Oh, it was geez. just July. Well, this is the month of Mario now. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the last thing I got last night, um, I went out and got Lollipop Chainsaw, finally. I've, I've wanted it since launch, but, you know, it, everyone I talk to says it's really great and I will love it, but it can be repetitious. So I was like, well, I don't know if I'll pay 60 bucks for it. But it was on sale at Target for 40 bucks, and I had a gift card. So I picked it up, and I played it for about a half hour, and it's really fun. Awesome. It's, it's written by James Gunn, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, James, yeah, he was on the Indoor Kids talking about it. Uh, and yeah, I, it that, that makes me kind of interested in this game, just because he's an interesting guy. It's not a game that I think I would even pay $40 for, but if I ever see that for like 10 10 or 20, like kind of in, in my Shadows of the Damned wheelhouse price, where yeah. I ended up getting that for like 17 or something. Like, I'll totally play that game for a cheap price. It's it's so it's such a crazy, weird game. I mean, it's it's obviously very cartoony, but but it's it's I don't know, it's it's all very uh sparkly and rainbows, and you're cutting zombies apart, and all of a sudden there's glitter flying around, and <laughs> and it's just such a weird game, and I don't have much experience with Suda 51 games. I mean, I played a little bit of uh, uh, Killer 7 until I got sick of it, and then I totally ignored both No More Heroes games. Don't talk uh, to Carl. I'll kill you. I know. Uh, so <laughs> so this is really my first real taste of a Suda 51 game, and dude, it is a weird-ass game. Uh, but also, Tara Strong, I didn't know this, Tara Strong is uh, Juliet. Yeah, so she if, does the voice of Batgirl, Powerpuff Girl. Raven. On Teen Pickles. Titans, Bubbles, uh, Bubbles, and the Princess on uh, Drawn Together. Yeah, she's in everything. I mean, basically, she's uh, Twilight Sparkle. Yep. Um, I figure we may as well use this as a chance to plug what I know that Zach will agree with me as probably one of the best podcasts out there. That's well, the not first, about video the games. first few episodes. Yeah, uh, Fat Man on Batman, <laughs> the Kevin Smith podcast. Whenever he's talking to someone from the Batman animated series, it's pretty incredible. Pretty much. The Does, has he, has he talked to Bruce Tim yet? Yeah, he did. He did. Shit, I have to listen to that. He did like four four hours with Mark Hamill, and it's awesome. Oh, it's what? fascinating. Yeah, Mark, yeah, Mark Hamill is a fascinating man. Yeah, and, and, uh, he does. And Mike, the best thing about the best thing about the Mark Hamill episodes is that is that he doesn't go into the Joker voice very often, but when he does, you're just like, oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, because he's just like mid conversation, he just goes into it, and you're just like, ugh. All right, well, I think that just about does it as, as we're getting into podcast recommendation talk. I think that's enough for what you're playing. Um, and you should listen to the Frozen North dinner cast because Neil and Lauren are on it. I, I know. Uh, Zach and I are both on it. Plug, plug. Hell yeah. Well, Zach's um, always on it, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. I, I well, Lauren and I guessed it when we were in Alaska. It's the only proof that we were there. <laughs> Except all those photos you paste <laughs> posted on Facebook. And yeah. your fingerprints on that body. Hey, hey, you <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> All right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. See y'all later. Bye. Bye. Mahalo.
welcome to Who Wants to Be a Nintendo Wear, Round 2. I'm your host, Neil Ronahan, and I will not keep talking in that voice for the entire time. <laughs> oh, uh, no commitment. Talk like uh, Bane instead. We've got, we've got, thir- of course. <laughs> um, so we've got Zach Miller on the, on the, I guess, the prospective hot seat, along with Mike Sklenz and Scott Thompson. Oh, yeah. Pleasure to be here. So we're going to start this off with a fastest finger competition in which our three contestants will have to be challenged to organize four items that I will present to them in a certain order, which I will also present to them. So without further ado, let's start the first fastest finger for this round of Who Wants to Be a Nintendo Wear. What you have to do is organize the games in the order they first came out in North America. The games are... Pokemon Snap, Game Boy Camera, Super Mario Bros. Deluxe, and Pokemon Stadium. Oh, okay, okay, Zach. You uh, fucked up in the fact that I can't tell which is Pokemon Snap and which is Pokemon Stadium. Well, you kept them Pokemon. They both start with Pokemon and end with S. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I believe Mike got it second, but Mike got it wrong. The Ooh, correct, damn. Mike put Game Boy Camera, uh, Super Mario Brothers Deluxe. Those, those are both correct. I got Snap. Po- oh, Pokemon I Stadium and Pokemon Snap. That should be reversed. And Scott got that correct. Woo! So Scott uh, got the correct answer, and for all those at home who are curious, Pokemon's, uh, well, Game Boy Camera came out first in June 1998, then Super Mario Bros. Deluxe came out in May 99, Pokemon Snap came out in June 99, and Pokemon Stadium didn't come out in North America until February of 2000. Wow. I didn't even realize they were that close. That was good. All right. I love, though, that I won by everyone else just fucking up. I was yeah. actually the slowest finger. Default. Default. <laughs> All right, so now, Scott, you're on the hot seat. How are you feeling tonight? Nervous. I, I made myself a little drink here, a little mixed drink, so I can really get into the game, you know? <laughs> so I'm ready to go. All right. Oh, well, and I just, I just want everyone to know that my points are going to charity. I don't really need the points. That's, um, that's good. That's good to hear. What, what's your charity today, Scott? Uh, child's Play, of course. <laughs> Uh, that's the, the charity that, that we all give to, uh, I think, maybe. Well, so, just in case you forgot, Scott, here are the lifelines that you have at your disposal. There is the, the typical 50-50, in which we will randomly take away two of the wrong answers, leaving you with the right answer and a wrong answer, which you will then have to figure out for yourself. The second lifeline is ask the audience, in which case it would be Mike and Zach, um, and they can they can disagree and fuck with you all they like. I wouldn't do that. I was going to say, don't, don't do that. <laughs> and, and the last one is, I don't really know if there's a name for it, but basically I guess we can call it I'm Feeling Lucky, in which you get to type out a Google search string, hit I'm Feeling Lucky, and you have 15 seconds to look at wherever it, wherever it takes you. I so, love that lifeline, by the way. Yeah, uh, props to Andy, who cannot be with us, for, I guess, baby reasons? I don't know. Always with the baby. But <laughs> here is our first question.
For 100 <laughs> points, the question is, in Luigi's Mansion, what is the name of Luigi's vacuum? A, the Polterbuster, B, the Proton Pack, C, the Poltergeist 3000, or D, the Poltergeister 5000? Jeez, you know, it's funny because I've actually never played this game. Um, <laughs> but I'm... God, I... You know, I... Jeez, I'll talk it through like on the show. I know it's not the first two. I know there's a number in it. So I'm between the 3,000 and the 5,000. I'm... God, I'm leaning towards the 3,000, but... Jeez, I would hate to... I would be legendary if I went home on the $100 question, wouldn't this it? This would make a very short episode. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what the hell? It doesn't matter. I'll use the 50-50 just to be safe. Wow. All right. You're lucky I it's random. To... Yeah. <laughs> um, it leaves you with C, the Poltergeist 3000, oh, or D, God. the Poltergeist 5000. All right, I'm going to go we, with can we, can, <laughs> can we petition from the audience to just to just uh, let him keep the 50-50? <laughs> no, God, no. It, it, it doesn't matter. I used it. it I'm going to go it with... Was, it gonna... was random. It was purely random. I'm on I'm gonna random.org. Go, I'm gonna... I'm gonna go with C. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. Good. Okay. Thank God. That was close. I, I really was thought too so. Too close I, for comfort. Yeah, I just I just didn't want to blow it on another question. But the funny yeah. thing is, I thought I worded it in a way that it was stupidly easy, but <laughs> I guess not if you've never played the game. No, never. I, like I said, I knew there was a number in it, but yeah, that. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> for 200 funny points, here's the question. What color were the playable toads in New Super Mario Bros. Wii? A. Blue and orange. B. Yellow and purple. C. Blue and yellow. Or D. Purple and orange. Uh, C. Blue and yellow. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. That is correct. I would have had to use a lifeline on that one. I was going to say, see, that's a game I played. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. The 300 point question, moving right along. Super Paper Mario was a GameCube game that was pushed back to Wii. What other game suffered a similar fate? A. Excite Truck. B. Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem. C. Donkey Kong Barrel Blast. Or D. Super Mario Galaxy. Hmm. So when you say a similar fate, you mean a game that was supposed to be on GameCube and was pushed back to Wii, or just a game that was pushed back a generation? Uh, no, pushed back to, pushed back to Wii. Huh. Well, hmm. These are kind of hard questions for the first <laughs> few. Uh... The funny thing is that I, 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 I was analyzing, I was agonizing over them, and I think it's just a consistent difficulty throughout all of them, where it, it's basically like if you've played the game, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, it's not even so much playing the game in this case. I mean, I've played these games, but it doesn't. Okay, well, let's talk it through. I know it's not Eternal Darkness. Donkey Kong Barrel Blast. I'm trying to. I don't. I don't believe it's Galaxy because I think that was first shown when the Wii was announced. So I'm. I'm pretty sure it's not Galaxy. I think that was shown in maybe even as far back as 2005. But I, I think it was 2006 uh, when they really blew out the Wii coverage. Um. Sight truck. Huh. And then Donkey Kong Barrel Blast is like confused me because I'm. I'm trying to even think of. You know, I, I, I'm gonna go see Donkey Kong Barrel Blast. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. That is correct. Oh, God. Because I was trying oh. to remember, I, I thought there was a little bit of a thing where it was funny because in, it was supposed to be a GameCube game using the barrels, but then it came out on Wii, and I think maybe you could still use them, but 
I don't know if you could or not. I never actually played the game. Are you thinking of Donkey Kong though. Jungle Beat? No, what? Donkey Kong Barrel Blast was a game made for GameCube where it was a racing game where you used the bongos. Oh, oh instead, I do remember that I very faintly. Now. In, that instead, when it came out on Wii, I think you would shake the Wii remote and the nunchuck to Ugh. do that same motion, which made, it, which made it a game that no one cared about. And it came out, I think, I think it came out the like fall 2007, maybe summer. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. For oh, 500 I points. I forgot that game existed. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's all I could think was Jungle Beat when I was reading it. I was like, no, like, I know it's its own game, but what the <laughs> hell is it? All right, so uh, the 500.1, which ho- hopefully uh, I'm not too much of a dick with all these. I, th- I thought they were they were on the easier side. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Which of the following wasn't a game in Wii Play? Table Tennis, Pose Me, Billiards, or Chase Me? Wii Play. Hmm. I know table tennis was in there. I don't think billiards was there. Huh. Hmm. Remember, you still have two lifelines. Yeah, but it's just a question if these guys have played Wii Play. Or at Google it. Right. This is for what, 500? Yes. Man. Alright, I, I guess I'll Google it just to be safe. I at least want to get to the thousand. <laughs> so I want the charity <laughs> to get something, you know? <laughs> Alright, I'm going to Google it. Alright, tell me when you have your search string entered, and then I will start the timer. Alright. And then, uh, like, when I start the timer, then hit I'm feeling lucky, and then you have 15 seconds. Here's what I'm going to search. I'm going to search different games in Wii Play, and I'm pressing search now. Alright. Okay. All right, good. Just uh, out of time. My answer is chase me. Uh, that is correct. You are one away from getting guaranteed points for the charity. Great. Are you ready for the 1,000-point question, Scott? I am ready. All right. Before their work on the new Smash Brothers game, still forthcoming, Namco Bandai worked with Nintendo on Star Fox Assault and this sports game, Super Mario Strikers, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, Mario Superstar Baseball or Mario's Tennis? Hmm. Alright. Let's see. I know it wasn't Strikers. Wow. I don't... It it wasn't Mario's Tennis. Jeez. I'm leaning towards Mario... Golf Toadstool Tour. Hmm. Alright, well, yeah, I, I, I want to get to a thousand, so what the hell, I will use my other lifeline. 
and I will see what Mike and Zach think. All right. Um, I guess you have... We get, I think, what, like 45 seconds, I think? Yeah, yeah. So, starting right now. It's Strikers. I, I, it's not Strikers. That was made by um, some the same company that made Sega Soccer Slam. It's oh, not really? Namco. Okay, well, yeah. Camelot did I don't think it is. Tour. Yeah, I think it's Superstar Baseball. Doesn't Namco have a really... I don't even remember there being a game called Superstar Baseball. Yeah, there was. Doesn't Namco have, like, a, a popular baseball franchise? Didn't they just basically have that development team make a Mario game? I think that's I, what happened. I can see that happening. But again, again, I could be completely wrong, so I don't so know if you want to trust me. One of, one of the baseball questions... One of the baseball answers is... You think it's Toadstool Tour? No, I don't. That was made okay. by Camelot. The only two that I'm undecided between are Baseball and Toadstool Tour. And if it's not Toadstool Tour, I think that points to Baseball. All right, yeah, I'm almost certain you are out strikers. of time. Okay. All right. I, well, I know it's not Strikers for sure. Although I'm going to feel really stupid when you're like, it's Strikers. Um, let's go Baseball. Is that your final answer? That'll be my final answer. That is correct. You have uh, made it to yes. 1,000 points. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> Now I feel like a total dick because I didn't realize these were that hard. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like the, the the first five questions are always like super easy. Even Andy's were a little like game specific. You kind of like yeah. the, pick, the Pikmin question. I'd have no idea because I've never played a Pikmin game. Yeah, but I guess I, should I think it, the it, trick it, is to make the answer, make the the wrong answers so blatantly wrong that it could possibly <laughs> that, be right. That that was kind of what I tried to do with this one because I, I feel it's pretty common knowledge that uh, next level games who actually had nothing to do with Sega Soccer Slam. Damn. They're very similar game. games. Uh, Mario Golf is a is a Camelot joint. Sure, um, I should have known. And then Mario's that. Tennis, that's actually technically the Virtual Boy game. Um, oh, so. right. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew for sure it wasn't Tennis and Strikers. I was just between golf and baseball. But you're right, now that you say it, it's like, well, yeah, I should have known golf yeah. was Camelot, of course. I mean, that's what I, that's what I went with some of my answers, was ones that you can rule out that they are wrong if you kind of talk through it, because that's something that I, I find is rewarding on, yeah. on Millionaire Games. Yeah, well, especially in the audio format. <laughs> yes. All right. Are you ready for the 2,000-point question to make never, those kids so happy? I've never been more ready, Neil. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> All right, let's go for this. Planoa was remade in 2009 on the Wii. What system... Did the original game come out on Saturn, PlayStation, Nintendo 64, or the Jaguar? Hmm. I know it's not 64, and I know it's not Jaguar. Was it Saturn or PlayStation? Oh, man. Hmm. For some reason, I'm leaning towards it being tied to Sega so I'm leaning towards the Saturn ah but there weren't that many hmm the Saturn didn't last very long this is so tense I know but I, <laughs> but I feel like it it would be more well known if it was a Playstation game like I know it's kind of sort of a diamond in the rough if you will oh man Let's not diss the Saturn six months of glory. <laughs> yeah, the, the six months that it, that it came out before it was announced. Right, but Saturn did a lot of 2D things, and I know this is like a 2D platform. 
Hmm. Was a remake. I I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Saturn. I ah, God I I'm really leaning towards PlayStation, but I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna go with Saturn. Is that your final answer, Scott Thompson? I feel like this is going to be it, but yes, I'll say final answer. The answer is PlayStation. Ah, I knew it. Damn it. Um, I knew that one, and the whole time I I was like, no, PlayStation! As I kept talking through it, I was like, Hi, I'm leaning more and more towards PlayStation, but I guess I went with the old adage of, you know, whatever you kind go of with your guys are first. Yeah, go with that. So so you made it to 1,000. Ah. Uh, I believe you're, what, tied for the lead with, with me and me and, uh, me and Zach? Who was right. That? No one's made it to the next benchmark and no one's yeah. walked away. So. <laughs> All right. So we're moving on to the second fastest finger round. And Scott, you can just go and troll everybody at this point. Okay. <laughs> Mike and Zach, are you ready? Yes. All right. For this fastest finger round, the what you have to do is order these Nintendo developers from oldest to youngest. <laughs> are these de- well? Are these studios or people? Uh, people. Oh. Shigeru Miyamoto, Masahiro Sakurai, Eiji Inuma, or Satoru Iwata. Jeez. Good God. I hope you have another one of these ready, Neil. <laughs> Well, um, Zach did not get it right, and Mike did. <laughs> what oh, Zach, wow. What, what Zach said was uh, Anuma, Iwata, Mia, uh, Sakurai, and Miyamoto. Zach, you put him in the backwards order. Cool. Well, no, actually, he still would have gotten it wrong because... Oh, yeah, because uh, you said Onuma was the youngest. The, no. the correct ages are uh, Miyamoto is 59, and uh, he's the oldest. Then Satoru Iwata, the president of Nintendo, is 52, Anuma is 49 years old, or he might be, I think he's either 48 or 49. He's the only person that didn't have a birthday down, hmm. so it's just he was born in some year. Um, he's definitely Sak- older than Sakurai, though. Yeah, yeah, Sakurai is 42, because Sakurai's a wee babe. I didn't realize he was so young. I, th- I didn't realize he was so old. I thought he was like 38. Yeah, oh, well, wow. he was he was 18 when he made Kirby, and that was like 1992. Jesus. Wow. So, Mike, welcome aboard. Glad to be here. Uh, just... what, what, what are you playing for today? Uh, well, like I said earlier, I'm playing for my, my pizza fund. <laughs> for every question I get right, I will eat an entire slice of pizza. This is this is pretty good. Man, I want no. some pizza. No, Screw this, I'm out. I won't be able to buy an entire slice of pizza. <laughs> I will buy everyone pizza if I get the million points. <laughs> as soon as I find a pizza place that will accept points as currency. <laughs> Starting off is for 100 points. Which Nintendo Portable did not come out in the 1990s? The Game Boy Pocket, the Virtual Boy, the Game Boy, or the Game Boy Color? Did not come out in the 90s. Yes. Uh, The answer to this is the Game Boy. Is that your final answer? Final answer, yes. That is correct. Moving right along. What year was it? Was it it 88, 89? Um, I think it was 89. I... I don't actually yes, have the exact correct answer now. 
All right, the 200-point question is, what two games were the first two North American Wii Motion Plus releases on the same day? Wii Sports Resort and Tiger Woods, 10. Grand Slam Tennis and Tiger Woods, 10. Red Steel 2 and Skyward Sword. Or Wii Sports Resort and Spling Smash. First two. I feel like Scott here. That I, I feel like I should know it, but I'm stuck between two of these. It's so funny because because the points are meaningless and it really doesn't matter. But for some reason, you're just there you by yourself. You don't want to lose. Yeah, I know. Stuck. Just, I know. If I don't want to lose so early, I don't want to go out like a chump. It becomes so stressful. And I don't want to use the damn lifeline, but I feel like I have to already. <laughs> I still have both of these games. All right, well, um, I'm going to ask the audience. <laughs> All right. Um, starting now. The first what do you one. got, Zach? It's, is it the first one? The first See, one. that's what I was leaning towards, too, but for some reason, I felt like I remember... I reviewed no, both it, of it, them around yeah, the same it's, time. It's got to be... You're right. It's got to be the first two. I don't know why I'm, like, remembering that it's not, but this... And as long as Neil didn't like troll us, I mean, it's gotta be—it's gotta be the first one. It seems like the most obvious. I, I yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna go with the first one. Now, they came out on the same. Oh wait, the first—the first two. They came released. out. They came out on the same day. They, well, they did came come out, out on the same day. day. Yes. Yeah, I can see that too. Because yeah. for some reason I was. It sure wasn't like, one... Fling Smash. No, of course not. For some and reason it I was wasn't like Grand Slam Tennis either. Okay, then it's got to be the first one. These were both launch. Wii Motion Plus games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's gotta be. It's gotta be A. Yeah. And you're out of time. I, okay. And well, I'm gonna pick A. That's the one I thought it was. Final answer. Is that okay? Uh, you're you're wrong. Am what? I wrong? Yeah. Uh, I was sitting here slamming my oh, forehead very very solidly. Grand Slam Tennis and Tiger Woods came out on the same day, the first week of June, a month and a half. Before I we thought, sports really came out. Oh my was, god! Was I, yeah. I should have known that because I, I heard Tiger Zach open his fucking mouth, and I knew like Mike, you're fucked because Zach's so confident about it, and Zach is so wrong. Yeah, oh my Zach, god, I'm sorry. Zach, and Mike. he confirmed what I thought it was going to be. You convinced me because yeah, like I was, I was thinking, like no, I remember Dude, it being I, weird. I didn't even know what was Yeah, but no, actually, you didn't. Who published Grand Eleven. EA. EA released okay. two games on the same fucking day. Okay, see, that, I guess that's oh, where that's I got confused. I thought Grand Slam Tennis was from a different developer. Oh, uh, okay. And that's what I was leaning towards, because I thought I remembered it being weird that Nintendo wasn't the first, like, release something using the Motion Plus, that there was other games that did it, and that Wii yeah. Sports came later. Because I remember, like, distinctly wanting to get Tiger Woods just to see what the Motion Plus was all about, but deciding to wait for Wii Sports. Yeah, so that's I remember why I Tiger clarify. Woods... All I can remember is that Tiger Woods came out exceedingly early... Like, yeah. at the very beginning of Wii Motion Plus, so I assumed it was that plus the launch game, which I thought was Wii Sports Resort, but... Yeah, me right. too. I knew Tiger Woods was first. I knew it was. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I forget, I didn't know tennis, but uh, Zach convinced me. Oh, Zach. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't think these questions would come out as hard as they did. <laughs> I feel like such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, why, why don't you throw me up there and read some more of your questions? You know, it's so quick, we may as well. Yeah. So here's your 100 point. That was originally a 300 point. Oh. Uh, 
What was the last game Rare made for a Nintendo platform? Star Fox Adventures, Viva Pot Pinata Pocket Paradise, It's Mr. Pants, or Banjo Pilot? Star Fox. Final answer. <laughs> Are you serious right now? Is it Banjo Pilot? It's probably Viva Pinata, isn't it? No, you, Viva you do realize, is Xbox game. You do realize that the last three games are all for Game Boy Advance and DS. Which oh, is Jesus barely out Christ. when Star Fox Adventures came out. Viva Pinata Pocket Paradise. It's a portable game. Just, yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. I thought it was for like the PSP or something, because it's Viva Pinata. Yeah. I mean, it you know what? Screw this game. It was published, <laughs> it was published that's by the THQ. bottom line. It was published by THQ. Because uh, Rare had a deal, so was It's Mr. Pants and Banjo Pilot. They were all published by THQ. There was a fucking Diddy Kong racing game on, on DS that I was going to include to be oh, a yeah, super dick because yeah. Viva Pinata actually came out after the Diddy Kong racing DS game. Wow. <laughs> wow. <sighs> that That's insane. a $300 question. I blame Neil. <laughs> yeah, you know, these questions are rough. I felt bad for going out on a thousand, but I feel great now. <laughs> yeah, me too. I made it all the way to what the actual three hundred or actual three hundred point question. <laughs> now, to be fair, Mike could have gotten further if he used a different lifeline. Yeah, True. yeah. Um, but Zach said he was so confident that I was yeah. like, "Oh, well, I may as well just ask the audience because Zach knows." Wow, I, I was right. about to Google it, and I then I was Zach, and then Zach was like, "I I know the answer to this." <laughs> Jeez! <laughs> wow, amazing. Well, Neil, you win. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Well, there you go. Oh, that's depressing. Well, that was a fun round. All right. Well, uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed that round. Next nope. time, we will have hopefully a much easier segment. <laughs> or at least next time I will send my questions and run them by someone who will be like you fucking asshole stop <laughs> yeah we need we need a proofreader on these for sure <laughs> alright well uh see you all next time on who wants to be a Nintendo ass hey. bye bye Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, don't forget, you can send your questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, uh, and we would love it if you would rate and review the show on iTunes. Uh, now stick around for a bonus segment with Nate, Andy, and Zach about iOS games. That's pretty much right on. So, Zach, did you read? Have you read my my rebuttal? That I I, posted uh, today? I breezed through it, yeah, and I agree with your major point. Here's what here's what gets me, and um, we can start the discussion off here, I guess. Yeah, why don't we what? Why don't we tell people what we're talking about and who? Also, the heck nobody I am. knows who Nathan is. Yeah, I, I... everyone everyone knows who Nathan is. Nathan is the most popular man on the internet. Oh, come now. Well, That's... okay.
He's not in the top five anymore. I guess Nathan's yeah. not, but his think, beard is. I think Obama Nathan... overtook me a little while ago. <laughs> Nathan is alumni. That's what Nathan is. Yeah. I think your approval rate is <sighs> higher than Obama's right now, Nathan. It could be. Probably. So okay, Zach Miller, you have an iPod Touch. I have an iPod you Touch got this, from Grant Buell. You got this iPod Touch from fellow alumnus Grant Buell, who replaced his iPod Touch with an iPhone. And uh, Nathan, you have an iPhone, and you actually used to or, or currently still do write for an iOS gaming site? I still do. I think I put out like you know, like 10 or so reviews last month. Damn. Wow. Yeah. You are active. Cranking them out. Nice job. Thanks. So, and I, I, have, I have an iPhone, and I've had an iOS device for pretty much ever since the app, the app Store launched, although for a couple years there I was relegated to not having an iPhone and I didn't buy a whole lot of a whole lot of apps, but I also okay, have so an iPad. You have an iPad as well. I have, I have you have an iPad, iPad yeah. three, two, one, one. New. One new you have an iPad one. So your iPad is like mine and is that it feels like it's swimming through tar at all times. Because mine feels slow as shit. My iPad one does. I did a restore last week. Is it better? Mm-hmm. A lot better. Maybe I should do that. Yeah it helps. So Zach, Someone you got doing this iPod touch. I'm not doing a drum roll. I, I just meant, by someone I meant Zach. Zach, are you doing a drum roll? <laughs> well, now you're doing a drum roll. Of course! Now you're no. just trolling. Has that infected this podcast, too? It what is that? Uh, I don't know what that is. That was the Bane voice. <laughs> oh, see, I have not seen that movie yet because I have a child. No wow, spoilers. you are out of the loop. I understand this. I am hoping to see it in the next couple of weeks. Andy. Yes. Without spoiling anything about the movie, can I tell you about a really cool scene in the movie? Yeah. It is when Bane reveals his touching backstory via interpretive dance to Batman. No. It is heart-wrenching. I actually do. I don't know if they showed in the trailer, but the Alfred fight scene was probably the coolest scene in the movie. Dude, Alfred knows how to use a knife, man. He does, yeah. I, I I honestly don't know if you're fucking with me or not, and I don't want to know. We'll we'll learn more about this. I'll I'll happily uh, I'll happily talk <laughs> about the movie when I have when I have seen it, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm angry that I have not seen it yet, but angry I did like rewatch Angry Birds, angry like a bird. <laughs> I did re- I did rewatch the first two Batman movies a few a few weeks ago and uh, really enjoyed them. I think more more than I was even thinking I might. But anyway, so. Zach, you have God. you have this um, this iPod Touch, and you played a few games on it. I played you got many it. Played games on it. I still Tiny have Wings, many games on it. Played Dead Space, but eventually you put it down and you stopped picking it back up. I did. And as per the blog post you wrote a couple days ago, yep, it was mainly because it was a combination of things. From what I gathered, it was a combination of the fact that the device has a completely ridiculously horrible battery life. Uh, which I completely sympathize with because my iPod Touch, the last iOS device I had before my current iPhone was an iPod Touch, and by the time I stopped using it, about two years after I got it, it was really, it had really poor battery life. And not only that, but it was unpredictable. It would jump from like 10% to 30% and then back to 10% all the time. Wow. Is it, does Apple but, just not know how to make a battery? Oh, I think it was just a faulty battery. I'm oh. not sure it was. A device. I'm not sure it was a problem with like the like the act like the design of the model. I think it was just a 
a bad battery. Oh, I see. Uh, it still it still lasted okay, but I had to charge it because it would it would occasionally power down even though it had power because it would mistakenly think it was empty. Well, mine it just dro- mine just drops. You can watch mine drop while you're listening to music. <laughs> so I basically always yeah. have to have it plugged in, or at the very least, no backlight at all and the screen off while I'm listening to music. Yeah, that's wow. ridiculous. Yeah, and but the, but the other reason you eventually stopped picking it back up was because you thought that the the games you were playing, for the most part, were about as engaging as like a WarioWare mini game was how you put it. Yeah, they're all kind of the Sound same game. Right. I mean, you touch the screen, you do something, you're always moving forward. I fucking hate the game you guys are gonna talk about. So which one are you talking about? Suck it, Hero Academy. Yes. I, I'm I'm willing to I, I'm I'm willing to concede on Hero Academy. I I think it's a great game, but I understand why you wouldn't like it. Um, the game I'm actually more curious about is if you've checked it out yet. I mean, my guess is you haven't checked it out yet because you haven't you're not really using your device. Is is that 10 million? Um, see, I read your article and it, it it kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop because I just played this game a couple of days ago uh, called 10 million, uh, something that I saw on Twitter and I. I went and picked it up. It was it was two dollars, and I was immediately struck by how much this game sh- belongs on 3DS. Hmm. Nathan, have you played this game yet? Uh, yeah, I played it, and okay, but... I don't like it. Describe you don't like it. it? Well, okay. here's the thing. It's kind of like um, I guess I want to call it like Dungeon. Uh, what was that one? Shoot, I'm the iPhone guy here. Dungeon Does Raid. A... Dungeon Raid. Uh, I have not played that. Have not played that. Okay, so it's really akin to Puzzle Quest, except in this case, uh, you're you're sliding entire rows and columns of the gems or tiles or what have you to match three or four or or more. So you, when you're moving a, a single gem, you're also moving its row. Um, I just heard Puzzle Quest and tuned out. Yeah, and and it's not like a uh, it's not like a J, JRPG in the way that Puzzle Quest was. You're kind of your character at the it's top a grind. screen. Yeah, it's a grind. You're just dashing. Uh, your character is dashing nonstop. You hit obstacles, and based on the obstacle, whether it's a door or an enemy or a chest, you have to match different kinds of tiles. And while you're doing that, you have to match uh, resource tiles to kind of, one, clear the board, and two, to build up enough resources to unlock things inside upgrades. your main little castle. Uh, yeah, upgrades. And the, the thing I don't like about it, it's fun enough, but I don't like how... There's almost no strategy to the RPG at all. You you're going to want all of the upgrades. It's it's not something where you're choosing like, oh, I'd like to specialize in this or this. Sure, you might choose one thing over the other in the short run, but in the long run, your goal and you're going to hit your goal is to just have every single stupid upgrade. And, right. and that kind of yeah. yeah, that kind of took the thought out of it for me. At the end, I don't feel like I have a character that has grown with me or I I've customized to suit my playstyle. I just feel like, wow, I I've just I've done everything in this game. I there's no intelligence to it, and I don't find the satisfaction in that. That's a pretty fair criticism. I don't have any real any real rebuttal to that. It's that's a that's a fair point. I I found the grind to be that perfect addictive quality. The idea that I get I get just a little bit further every time, and in the process get enough gold to buy a better weapon or to buy a better a better staff or to upgrade my armor. I mean, yeah, they're right. There's no, there's no strategy in which upgrades you pick, really. Right. But there's definitely, to me, there's definitely that like 
carrot on the end of of the hook, the dangling carrot, to keep coming back because you're almost there and you're almost there. Right. And then the end goal of the game is to get 10 million points on a single run through, at, at which point you get a very, very basic like end credit scene, and then you get to go back to your dungeon and keep what? playing. And for, it's hard for, to so argue like against what you like. you can You can basically prestige. I'm not even sure it's really what really kind of is prestige because isn't the idea with prestiging that you get something extra from you from just winning? Get a medal, right? And yeah, I'm not even sure you get, get that. that joyride, right? And and I think the only thing you get is is a, a cutscene that shows you escaping from your dungeon. That's really the extent of it. And Andy, uh, I would say it's hard to argue with what you like about the game because it, every game is different. It's going to have its hooks into each one of us differently. So. Yeah. It just captured you, and it didn't. It didn't catch me. So, like you know, See, here's here's my thought though. Okay, this is a game that has sort of the same retro stylings as like a VVVVVV. It looks like it's a game that is intentionally designed to look retro. It's got brilliant music. The music. I mean, there's only like maybe three or four tracks, right. but all of them are great. Well, um, it looks they're... retro, but does it play retro? Because really, it's it's just evoking that same mindless uh, match <coughs> replay that I found in tons and tons of ios titles no it doesn't play retro it looks it, it's stylized retro right. it's got retro music and it's got retro visuals but it's it's a match three puzzler and one of the things i like about it is that unlike puzzle quest it plays quickly because the problem with puzzle quest is it feels like you're playing it underwater whenever you play it like the yeah. ui is just terrible right but this game it plays quickly you you feel you feel the, the the stress of the playthrough because you're trying to find specific tiles to match right. depending on what your in, your adventure has encountered. But what really struck me about the game was just how much it belongs on the system. It's got an upper screen and a lower screen component. The upper screen being what your adventurer is doing. Right. The lower screen being the match three game. It's perfectly suited to stylus play. Even because with my finger, it felt too fat to really play the game the way it was designed. Yeah, I did find myself tripping up all over the. Be perfect for stylus play. You both um, need special dialing wands. <laughs> it, I mean, it's high score based, so I mean, it doesn't even really have any high score tracking on the iPhone. It doesn't use like Game Center to compare high scores. Although I wouldn't be shocked if that came in an update. Um, but it just it feels like a game that's really perfectly suited to 3DS, and it just got me thinking. There's a lot of games like that. I think a game right. like Tiny Wings could be perfect on the 3ds i think oh, I hero academy right. could be perfect on the 3ds like love it or hate it this, it's there, there's there's no games like that on the 3ds right this now there's is no... where we agree while i don't necessarily love uh any ios games i've played i agree that there's no reason they shouldn't be on the 3ds well none of them are like... doing anything you couldn't do on the 3ds with, with the good comes the bad right see apple has the environment where it's easier to get your games onto their system but it's also easy for a lot of crap oh, to sure. flood that marketplace and we're getting free to play after free to play title and not this there's not anything necessarily wrong with free to play hero academy does it right but i just got done playing a game called monster life and it, it made by gameloft who is notorious for cloning games and oh yes it's just it, it's an endless grind at nothing it even lets you gamble your paid for with real world cash uh crystals in game to get, you know, try and win a, a jack a lobster. Okay. It's like the stupidest thing ever, and it's just there to prey on people that are weak towards that kind of gameplay. And I, I don't want to boot up my 3DS and see all that kind of stuff too. Well, no, I mean well, that... Nintendo would have to have some kind of 
they, they'd almost have to bring back the Nintendo seal of quality. Right. It'd have to be some See, form of QA. The crux of my of my blog post from today was that Nintendo should be approaching the developers of these little hits like right. 10 million or, or tiny wings or right. maybe before it became huge angry birds. Right. There's at least every month there's an iOS game that sort of hits the, hits the zeitgeist and becomes the most talked about thing on Twitter for a couple of days, but, at least amongst people that I'm talking to on Twitter. But by then it's and, too late, right? You know, do, do we always want to be getting some other systems leftovers? If those leftovers are worth having, then, then sure. Nintendo can't claim they they have a first tier digital platform when all the game all the mobile games being talked about are on are on another system. Right. Well, you know, people are following these games uh very closely before they're released mostly because these small developers are really open about, you know, where they're at in their progress when they're thinking of launching, when they're submitting. So, I, I what do you think about a system that's closer to Steam's green light where these indie games are kind of on the horizon? They submit to Nintendo, and I don't know whether it's through Club Nintendo or something like that. Uh, the you know the 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 Nintendo players can kind of push Nintendo towards approving certain games to kind of weed out the crap, and uh, you know get those games we really want to see launch day and date with iOS versions. It kind of sounds like sort of a a take on like the Xbox Live indie games marketplace where there's an avenue for indie publishers to publish on a big name system without really sharing the marketplace with the the bird mania 3Ds of the world so to speak. Oh, there um, there's still plenty of those though. You know, like there's the 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 remotely controlled massage uh yeah. thing there. And that's a you know, I I don't know if we'd end up getting that kind of stuff still um I think I just that's feel like an internal they're... approval system, though. That's the way Microsoft does it is more like the the developers or the people that are on the XNA platform. I believe they vote uh, those games in, and they're and they're more like testing functionality and looking yeah. for obscene things. I, I think maybe if it's more directed towards the players, we might have a better chance of getting better games. I guess my thought is this: Apple is showing Microsoft. I'm sorry, Sony and Nintendo. All of, all of the potential out there for for indie developers. There's all these indie games out there. Right. There's new kinds of games coming out of this. Um, they're they're being pioneers in this field. Like like it or not, they're being talked about a hell of a lot more than the eShop. People aren't talking about the eShop. No. No one's talking about Pushmo on Twitter unless you're friends with a whole bunch of people who write for Nintendo World Report. Uh, yeah. There's no there, there's no buzz for these things. There's tons of buzz for these games, and the reason for that is because of things that Nintendo will never do. They're not going to open their platform up the way Apple has. But the point is, Apple's already done it. So why not just reap the the fruits of their success? You're right. Go after some of these games. Talk to the developers. Make it easy for them to come onto the system. Maybe bend the rules. Maybe maybe establish some sort of like an ambassador program to these these small like three or four man shops who clearly have a good idea they, they not only do they have a good idea now but they've got a proven good they've idea. got popular yeah. they've got a proven good idea they've made money people are talking about their product you know what you're right that we don't want everyone's leftovers necessarily but if i haven't bought the game yet but everyone's talking about the ios version and then i hear there's a 3ds version right. coming out in two weeks well and Andy, i'll probably get three there, there's version. also the case where there could be a game that's been out for years or a year or you know however long and i would still get on the 3ds and those are the games that try to emulate physical control and you can see yeah. that there's a good idea there um 
I'm mostly thinking of Galaxy Freaking on Fire 2. Dead uh, Space, dude. Dead Space, yeah. Dead Space, Galaxy on Fire 2 is a great space sim. Uh, you're you're dogfighting, you're trading, but you know what? It doesn't work as well with Tilt, and it doesn't work that great with the touch joystick. No. Um, and there are tons of games like this. Mage Gauntlet. Uh, you know, a lot of those platformers that we see show up in the system. I played one last week called Solarola, and it, it was really good. It's by Square Enix, but I would have liked it even more with physical controls. And that's where they could really corner a market of like, look, you can, you know, don't buy a stupid arcade dock for your iPad. Don't buy this giant cradle to shove your iPhone into. Just, just get it on a platform with buttons. Yeah. Yeah. That would sell me. What really surprised me was when I, was when I wrote this little editorial and posted it, I couldn't believe the number of people that seemed fundamentally opposed to just getting more content because I wasn't advocating like I wasn't advocating everyone go buy an iPhone and I wasn't advocating that they start pricing their games in the eShop at $2. I was just suggesting that there's a lot of good content out there and N- Nintendo should be going out of their way to approach these developers and saying, "Hey, you seem to be doing very well for yourself. You had a great idea. Right. Why not come bring that idea to our platform?" And it just seems like the general consensus is, well, no, we'd really, we'd really rather not have those games on our platform. And that seems crazy to me. Yeah. What's wrong with more games? Yeah, you know, and... Nothing. No, there's not. And Nintendo needs to get over the fact that they like to really, really control. Even when you get on their system, they're controlling your price. They're controlling... Uh, you know, Apple does artificially control release dates. Um, but I'm sure well, Nintendo does that, uh, too. Price is a thing I was going to bring up. I mean, if... If Angry Birds, goddamn Angry Birds, if Angry Birds is like, what, $2 on the eShop right now, right. I don't want Nintendo pricing it at 5 or 6 You mean the App Store? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's what'll happen. Yeah, that and is You're right, I, and, 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 and that's a problem that they're going to have to find a way to overcome. But think of a game like Hero Academy, and now, and, and no jumping down our throats, Zach, but Hero Academy is a free-to-play game on the App Store, I know that, and I would, never, right. I would never expect... Nintendo to engage in that kind of thing. Right. But why not launch the game with maybe th- three or four of the teams, sell it at five teams five. on there. Do you know how many people would buy an, uh, Hero Academy again if they made a Nintendo team? Yeah. Well, oh my you know God. How many people yeah. would buy it again on 3DS with all the content? Just right. do a game of the year edition on the 3DS. Yeah. Yeah, and sell it for sell it for five to ten dollars, and I would buy that again on 3ds. I, I buy throw it some, too. Throw some cool 3D visuals on there. Maybe maybe don't even do that. I don't really even care. But yeah, put a Nintendo exclusive team on there, and I'm all over that. Yeah, I just I just don't see the drawback here. They I mean they have to give up some of the control is really the only drawback, and they're clearly not interested in doing that. Right. It just it seems like they're they're so over over enthusiastic about poo pooing the platform that they're not seeing the benefits of the fact that Apple's done the hard work for them. Right. Apple made the environment to make these games succeed. Mm-hmm. Now that they're already successful, just start bringing them over. Yeah. I don't I don't see what the problem is and you know, even if you don't think this is a great idea, what happens in like a year from now when we're bitching and moaning about the fact that there's nothing good coming out on the eShop? Right. Where you know, I I promise you at some point in the next year we're going to be looking at the release schedule and we're going to be thinking, it's been six weeks since anything I cared about came out. Mm-hmm. Maybe a virtual console game that I kind of like. Maybe maybe one eShop game that I kind of like. And then shit like Birdmania 3D is going to fill out the release schedule. Right. Or the 17th 3D mini golf game. Or the 17th Sudoku game. 
And we're going to be thinking, well, where's all the content? The content's already there. They just have to go out of their way to bring it over. Right. They also seem like they've, in the past, you're right, they poo-poo the platform. Uh, I think what they're really doing is they're poo-pooing the uh, pricing structure. You know, I'll bet if if games didn't cost $2, if they did cost 5 or $6, I think Nintendo would be more open to... Uh, to it, but they've said in the past that the the app store, the games, the the game, the kinds of games, and the prices of games like cheapen everything else. And I don't think that's fair at all. And to be honest with you, I don't think uh, Super Mario Land is worth what they charge for it. Not and, at you all. Know, woohoo! They took a dollar yeah. off the price, but yeah, yeah, it's still too expensive. They're kidding themselves. And the yeah. problem the people who is think that, that like they make those sales. That's the yeah. problem. That's why Square Enix doesn't lower their prices. That's why consistently, even on iOS, Square Enix has the most expensive games because people pay for it. And right. why would I put myself at risk with a competitor? Because really, Nintendo is both a software developer and the hardware developer. They they have a vested interest in keeping competition off of the platform, especially when it undercuts their pricing so severely. So I see where they're coming from, but do you really think they stand to make that much more i i do i think they can make a ton of money because they're getting a cut you know it's not like they're yeah. gonna not see a benefit of getting more people they have on their download vested, service. they've got a vested interest in making the platform a place people want to go to yes they've got a vested interest in, in raising the reputation of the games on their service if they're not careful and they don't get me wrong they've made a ton of progress since the wii and the dsi i i do believe that they definitely but have not, but, yeah. but they're, they have no history at this point of cultivating a shop people go back to. Um, I think they were just talking about it on, on RFN within the last week. I think Johnny, Johnny Metz was saying something to the effect of he's been trying to push fluidity on people, and they have the points in their Wii Shop account, yeah. but they can't be bothered to go to the shop because it's so outside of the realm of what they usually do. And you know, if they're not careful, that could happen to the eShop too. Well, the eShop I mean, is a little better. It is a little better, I don't, but they still know, don't... I don't like browsing the eShop at all. No? No. I, I don't understand how how to navigate through it. Like, it seems like there's always some new tab. Like, I, I'm, there's not oh, a familiar that, layout. Are, like, you're right. You know, it's, it's like, busy. okay, yeah, I, I open it up, I click this tab, and I'm at new releases. No, it's never like that. It's always no. something new, and, which Mario is great. Mario games. Yeah, it's great that they're highlighting yeah. stuff, and, and they, they make these nice little things to flip through, but they're like magazine pages, and... I, yes, yes. I don't want to browse like that. I want a, a database. That's what it is. And yeah, I, I want it to be sorted usefully. But yeah. if they want to I, highlight I new saw, stuff, they can. I saw a lot of talk in the in the, the talkback thread to my to my my editorial that the games that people have tried on iOS, and then this came a lot from uh, Guillaume Viet, uh, the the beloved RFN editor. Um, he said that the games he played on iOS were just not worth his time. He thought they were all pretty bad. But, I'm, but if I think about the games that are available on the eShop right now, some of the more popular ones like Mighty Switch Force, uh, Pushmo, um, what else is there? There's like Pyramids. These games aren't masterpieces. No, they're Those not. Those games that are already there, they're not that great. No. It's not, it's not like we're talking about... A, a polished Zelda or Mario game here. And yeah, those games will eventually be on the eShop, but there's a difference between a game that was intended to be priced at $10 and a game that was intended to be priced at $40. Right. And I'm, ta I'm talking about that second category, that that category of games that's that's meant to be a budget price. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't see... 
I don't see a great disparity in the game, the gameplay quality between a Tiny Wings and and a Pushmo. I really don't. Pushmo mm-hmm. has a lot of content, but Tiny Wings is infinitely replayable. And on top of that, they've actually added stages to Tiny Wings now too. Right. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I, I haven't even tried the update. I should though. Well, you should. It's free. You know, people... I know it is. I mean, I I updated it because the iPhone iTouch said there's an update, and I was like, all right. Yeah. You know, people like to say that most iOS games are throw throwaway, and you know, to be honest, the the really heavy hitters, the popular ones, they tend to you know they are throwaway games for the most part. But there are a lot of good indie, really deep games on iOS that get, kind of get overlooked. Uh, have any of you played Battle for Westnoth? Never no. heard of it. It's a port of a PC uh, Fire Emblem type game but it has tons and tons of user-generated campaigns in the you same way that me at fire emblem well i hate you <laughs> but, there, but there are tons of games like this there are a bunch of roguelikes which we have yet to see any on the 3ds eShop. correct Thank me if i'm wrong god you know why like doesn't... We, need, we need to have a talk about why roguelikes are just probably the best kind of game that's out there <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure I can join on that conversation. Can I, I, I'd like to make a rant someday. Okay, we'll we'll mark you down. We'll we'll get it booked. One one of the one of the other commenters on the talkback thread mentioned about um, the iOS system having a lot of board game conversions, like Ticket to Ride, right. uh, Carcassonne, uh, Catan. I'd love to see those kinds of games on 3DS. And that kind of leads to the next part. How come we haven't seen a single game on the eShop with asynchronous multiplayer? It is a fantastic trend, asynchronous multiplayer. I, I love it. Yeah. Hero Academy, Words. I mean, Words with Friends. How is Words with Friends not on the stupid system? Or Draw yet? Something, a system with yeah, the stylus. Because, because they require uh, asymmetric multiplayer, an online component that they're not comfortable with. I don't get it. Nor do I. Look, dude, I mean, friggin' New Super Mario Bros. 2 doesn't even have leaderboards. Right. We are asking a lot uh, of them by putting draw something on the system. Yeah, I, I think, Andy, it boils down mostly to the fact that they're just not open to adding these indie iOS games. It's not like they're specifically targeting asynchronous multiplayer games, I, I don't think. Um, maybe they they omit that from their own releases, but I think certainly the fact that it's not there is just because there's a lack of iOS content in general. So, you know... We're not seeing Tiny Wings or Hero Academy. You know, I, I don't think they're specifically against it. Do you? I don't think they're against. I don't think they're specifically against it either. I just think they're not making. They're certainly not making any effort to bring those games onto the system. Right. And the current the current structure that exists for developers to approach them is far from encouraging of those kind of developers well, to go onto that system. Does the new Fire Emblem have asynchronous multiplayer? I have no idea. And I I thought the didn't the Advance Wars games have Asynchronous multiplayer or no? The 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 DS or was one? it like Scorched Earth or whatever the heck it was? I, I don't. I think they had did. they had online multiplayer. Was it but simultaneous? I think, yeah, I think you had to both be there at the same time. Yeah, I think you did. You yeah, I think Advance Wars would be a great place to start with that. Oh, would yeah, it'd be fantastic. That's what Hero Academy is. Yeah, that's a, exactly a, where I was going to go. Hero it's Academy a dumbed down that. version. It's a dumbed down version of Advance Wars. Advance Wars. Well, heck, Advance Wars is an Advance advanced Wars version. Team. Doing Advance yeah. Wars team, and you know, Advance Wars also has user-generated content. Some that's a leg up on Hero Academy. That that gives you the potential to replenish your content through the community, and 
you know, they're not going to do that either. But yeah, I love. It just seems that. like a wasted opportunity. Well, it is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we're all in agreement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they should do it. Of course. They should do it. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but I think we all know that it's not likely. No. Instead, we get Zenonia. That's an iOS game. Yeah, how come only GameLoft seems to bring their iOS games to 3DS? GameLoft Her- is the cancer isn't Hero that, of, that isn't Hero of Sparta? Isn't Hero of Sparta on DSiWare? I think so. Yeah, it is. I think it is. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah, Nintendo also needs to stop advertising DSiWare games as if they're tailored for 3DS. Like, you know, the way they show it off, it seems like, oh, this is new content for your 3DS. Yeah, it's, it's really it's not. not. Really, I'm really shocked they're still releasing new DSiWare at this point. Me too. There seems to be more DSiWare games than 3DS. Oh, there are. Does oh, that there are. Yeah. My yeah. guess is they're ones that were still like deep in development, right? Around the time the 3DS came out, but I still don't see a whole lot of reason for it to continue. They probably. I mean, I'm sure it'll die down sooner or later, but. It amazes me that it hasn't died down a long. It amazes me that there was still new new DSiWare coming out before the 3DS even launched. It amazes me that anyone ever made DSiWare titles with that crap store. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I think that's gonna about wrap up this little uh, this little chit chat. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks Soiree for coming. Back. Is the term you're looking for? Can I insert something? You yes. may, sir. I, I wish you would. I didn't mean that in a way that Zach would like it to sound. Um, <laughs> uh, random game bump. Everyone should play Conquest of Elysium 3. It's available Conquest on Desura. It's a strategy roguelike. I know. Oh, I know. Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> The graphics look really old, and it's $30, but it's amazing. It's available what? on what? Desura. What is it? What is Desura? What is Desura? Desura is kind of like Steam, but there are more indie games on it. But oh, but okay. what is this? So it's just a roguelike? No, it's a it's a strategy roguelike. So it, oh, I'm it's, sorry, it's a strategy roguelike. So well, it, in that you're raising better... armies, you're raising armies, uh, you're moving across a map, conquering cities, uh, almost in a civilization esque manner, but you don't have to worry about all the <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> That's Zach's version of a, a player one podcast style interruption. I'm guessing. Yeah, but yeah, but what was it? <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out in a second. Are you playing 1942 on NES? No, very close though. Um, how do you not I know, know that this? music? No, I know that music. Yeah, Super Mario Land. There you go. Oh, you're you're at a point in the game that I have not played very much. I think this is this is beating a boss. Okay, that's why Andy I beat the game, it. but I beat the game, but that forty minutes seems like so long ago now. So anyway, Nathan, go on. I'm sorry for my uh, <laughs> Anyways, hilarious uh, interruption. I'm, do- I'm done. It's a good game. Conquest okay. of Elysium Three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. And I write for TouchGen. If you want to read my iOS. Reviews and look at me crap on Game right. Loft. You can go to <laughs> can I can I bump one game real quick too? Yeah, Christ. Heathcliff, The Fast and the Furious. Yes, <laughs> it check is it incredible. out. It's uh, 
I haven't played it yet, but I have a copy of it right in front of me, and I'm really looking forward to digging in. But you don't so, have the box. Well, I don't think I need it. No. I, I'm going to bump something, too, since we're bumping stuff. You all should listen to the Frozen North Dinner Cast on crosstalkwithaw.com. The upcoming episode features uh, site director Neil Ronahan and his lovely wife, Lauren. Oh, nice. Hmm. It is. Nice it was, get. It's a damn good episode. Nice little, get. Little I'll connectivity. Have to to that. Little connectivity. Spoiler alert. What X. did you eat? What? Spoiler alert. What'd you eat? Uh, actually, me and Neil and Lauren and my wife didn't eat anything because we were going to go out afterwards. But uh, uh, somebody. Oh, I ate sushi. What am I talking about? I ate sushi as as always, and um, everyone else drank beer. Okay. Sounds better than the meal you took me to. What the hell? What meal did I take you to? Where was it? That one, uh... Was Was it Tasty Freeze? Tasty Freeze! Yeah, Tasty Freeze. How do you not like Tasty Freeze? I don't know. We went there with Lauren and Neil. They thought it was lovely. I don't know. I was the only brown guy in a mile. (laughs) Starting to get it. Dude, you were the only brown guy in the city. Possibly the state. Me and the moose. Everyone thought you were a terrorist. Or a moose. Aw. A terrorist moose? Neil Lauren did see a moose in the neighborhood, in the neighbor's yard. A moose took over one of my settlements in Conquest of Elysium 3. <laughs> 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 oh, flankus begat spankus.